Uh, what's this, my mantra? The Wi-Fi password. We're not savages. Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I am your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today in the hallowed halls of Hero Talk, straight from my side gig on the Gamers Without Borders podcast, I have Nick. Hello. The loyal gamer. Hello, hello. Nick, how you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Thank you. Pretty good. And yeah, hallowed side gig is the right way to put it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Though I did, I did hear you refer to on another podcast as the de facto co-host, which I think is is the right name for I, you now. <laughs> I, I was, I, I was really fun when I, I got de facto co-host because I thought, yeah, that's, yep. that's about right. Yep. That's how I would describe it as well. So there we go. And so today's film, Nick, yep. is Doctor Strange, which is the 2016 action superhero film starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Yep. That is not an easy name. It doesn't roll off the tongue. But before we get too deep into it, let me remind all of our listening audience that Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast. Nothing is off the table. Everything is fair game. You've been warned. I, I, I'm already planning two quite major spoiler things that I'm going to bring up at some point, so... Oh, He's yeah. not joking. Yeah, that's... that's I, I love the spoiler warning, because I can spoil anything I want Yeah. Now. You know the Planet of the Apes was Earth all along. No! Yeah. By the way, you know uh, so- Bruce Willis was a ghost, right? Oh, yeah. Dead the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soylent Green is people. Oh, no. <laughs> uh. it, Rosebud's his sled. Yep. <sighs> all right. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So, Doctor... S- now... Doctor Strange is a character. I'm familiar with the character, but I, mm. I didn't read an awful lot of Doctor Strange comics. He's yeah. uh, he's one of those characters I don't really want to hear his whole story. Yeah. I I just like it when he shows up in other people's books. Mm. Well, I think kind of my one of the ways I think to describe this film is it's almost it's not Doctor Strange. It's magic in the MCU. The film. This is this is what this yeah. this 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 film did. And they jumped in with both feet. They sure yeah. did. And the interesting thing, and I'm going to already bring out my two big spoilers already, is we're already seeing subtle hints following on from Doctor Strange about magic in the MCU. So have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? No, I, I haven't seen that okay, one yet. I won't, I won't say one of the things I was going to say, because I, even though okay. we are on a spoiler podcast, I just don't think that's fair on you. But for example, in um, recent episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I know you're not watching... There's points where they're they're making like interdimensional portals, and it's very deliberately got the same visual effect as a lot of the stuff in Doctor Strange. So like now uh. that Doctor Strange has happened, we're seeing a lot of other Marvel properties kind of hinting that yeah, magic's kind of been there the whole time, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it, I was very surprised when I found out they were going to to make Doctor Strange because I thought you know this doesn't necessarily fit into the world that you've been trying to build so far. Yes. And and to be honest, I really thought the Mandarin would have been how they tried to introduce magic into yeah. the uh, into the Marvel universe. Mm. But Doctor Strange, I think, opens the door for the Mandarin. Yeah, and I think at the very least, I think the other thing opens the door to that some people have commented on is the fact that the Marvel Cinematic Universe can now go on forever because they hint at the idea of the multiverse, which are, which is obviously a major point. But I think the most interesting mm-hmm. thing is if you look at a lot of the Marvel characters that we have already, they're characters in themselves, but they've picked heroes that are very much kind of like mantles. So as we know, like Chris Evans is going to stop being Captain America one day, but it's it's a well-known fact that the mantle of Captain America can be passed on to Bucky, could be passed on to Sam Wilson. So from a cynical filmmaker perspective, they can get another actor to do it and keep the character going. 
following. But the multiverse also allows them the situation of the few characters that are characters in and of themselves, like Thor and, say, Vision. They can go, oh, we found a parallel universe, female Thor, or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of... This film also basically exists to kind of... It's it's more about kind of the concept it introduces less the characters, in my opinion. Right. And I, to be honest, I think the film hurt for it. Because there was definitely times where I thought, you know, stop introducing stuff. Yes. And start giving me some story here. Mm. Well, yeah. My... Not that... Yeah, not that Doctor Strange has the most interesting story. I've only seen it played out once before, and that was in a, an animated yeah. Marvel movie uh, that came out. I think it was called Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, in fact, it was called Doctor Strange, The Sorcerer Supreme. It's from 2007. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that movie was also very difficult to watch because, I mean, it's a whole lot of, here's all the Marvel magic stuff. And I really yeah. noticed, uh, I apparently don't care about the Marvel magic universe. Mm. Well, it's I like this film, but I think when it comes to the story, the way I've always kind of jokingly summed this up is the other title of this film is just Iron Man 2016, because the parallels between this and Iron Man 1 are absurd. They, uh, they are. I mean, but, you know, so was the, the, so was the base story, yeah. quite, quite frankly. Mm, but it's like... It's, but it's like, yeah, it's like arrogant rich guy gets incapa- gets injured by something tangentially linked to his life, go g- kind of bottoms out and then realizes he can be a better man and like pushes away the woman in his life. And it's like, it's, come on. Like, I'll, I'll concede that a lot of the kind of first films for a lot of the major characters are fundamentally the same in the MCU. But it, it, it's the one thing that bugs me, even to the point that Doctor Strange and Tony Stark actually look kind of similar. <laughs> They do. They have that same generic look that yeah. everyone in Marvel had for a little while back there. Yeah. And it's like, that's not, I mean, not necessarily a bad thing, but you kind of just think, we're, what, 13 movies in now? Yeah. Uh, they did try to very gradually introduce the gray in Doctor Strange's hair. Mm, yes. Which which then makes me start to question, like, so what's the timeline here? Like, did yeah. this happen over the course of five years well, or so? Well, yeah, and I, I think, yeah. I, I mean, they, they give some hints in the timeline that yes. th- like, this might be, his injury might have happened in 2009. Yeah, r- yeah roughly. Like, if, yeah, if we assume that the year that these films came out in real life is the year that they occur-ish, I think it has slipped a bit now. Yeah, because there's reference, mm-hmm. we were talking about this before we recorded, there's reference to what is agreed to be a character from Iron Man 2 at the beginning of the film. Right, it was the, um, the main reference said it was an Air Force colonel who was injured in experimental armor, which was, uh, so originally I thought, is that Rhodey from from Civil War? That was fresh in my mind, but then I, there was, there was some way about how he said it, like he was being really vague. Yes. Where everyone knows who War Machine is. Yeah. They even know who you know, Rhodes is by name. Like it's right. he's not like so, he shied away from the limelight. I mean, it's it'd be like him. It was being very exceptionally vague for somebody who's yeah. super famous. That's like me saying, uh, "There's a it's a singer does some song called Hello." Yeah, I'm not really sure. Like you know, people know who that is. You could just say the name. Yeah. So. Uh, so it really occurred to me at that point, especially once I saw the movie play out and I'm supposed to be seeing years of physical therapy and, and yeah. surgeries, that that had to be the guy from the the hearing in Iron Man 2. Yeah. And then obviously if we jump right to the end, we know that there is a we know that some events of this film happen during or after the upcoming Thor film. So I think there is clearly quite a broad spread of time. Yeah. And there even I mean to be honest, there's nothing that was very dated in terms of where it la- where it stands because the film sort of takes place all in the magical realm. Yeah. So 
technically, most of this film could have happened in 2012, and then the, what, who we see in the first post credit scene is, yeah. you know, a, a Doctor Strange who's been doing this for the last five years or so. Yeah, but, you know. the only thing, the only kind of place it, it trips up itself, and um, um, and obviously this is a, this is always a problem, is that something like, if this occurs, say, early 2010s and stuff, how come when stuff like the Sokovia Accords is mentioned, they don't mention, oh yeah, that time in Hong Kong, the building exploded and then randomly came back together again like well because nobody remembers co- coming back together again well uh, d- d- it really? was he he did he did the green turny thing everyone forgets yeah but yeah does that mean you just uh, we, it's never said explicitly that you forget i mean does anyone else like do you consciously feel that or does it just happen it's never really explored i i don't know yeah and i do think it, <laughs> i do think it's kind of dumb at the end when they just really ham-fistedly go, oh, you shouldn't be walking around with an infinity stone, and it's like, oh, you could have... Uh, yeah, yeah no, that's... um Could have done that more subtly. You are correct. That was... Yeah. Yes. Could have said, like, oh, yeah, this is an artifact from the long beginnings of the universe without having to literally say what it is. It's an, I mean, well, at that point, Wong really should have just looked at the camera and winked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looked at the camera, winked, and just held up a poster for Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I mean, man, they have they have got to get those things referenced in there so everybody knows what the Infinity Stones are. Yes, and, yes. And so they're making a lot of stuff Infinity Stones, which maybe doesn't necessarily need to be. But and yeah. I, I've lost track right now about where where they all are. I oh, know. I I can well, I can run you I can run you through them quickly if you want. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> we, <laughs> Not quite enough. We, I mean, oh, I think we've got one left to find. Um, yeah, Novacore's got one. Doctor Strange has one. One's in the the head of the Vision. A Vision. The, co- um, the Collector has the Ether, and uh, it's assumed that the Tesseract is still on Asgard. Yeah. And then All right, so that's, one, that's about what I thought. And then there's one other that we don't know yet, which I think is the reality gem, maybe? It must be. Yeah. I I think. I think, yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, if, if you assume that the one that Doctor Strange had was the time, that was a gem, right? Yeah. The time gem? And then yeah. Vision is soul. Oh, no, I think mm-hmm. the ether might be the reality gem, actually. Huh. I know that the Guardians one is the power gem, and the Tesseract yeah. is the space gem, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, which we're, we're just being nerds at this point. I'm I'm giving it more thought than it's earned, yes, quite frankly. Yes. So anyway, let's let's just roll yeah, and yeah. Uh, let's let's talk through the the cast here. So yeah. uh, playing Doctor Strange, who I think was probably the best casting that I've ever seen for yeah. one of these movies. Mm. I mean. I mean, next to maybe Chris Evans, who did a phenomenal yeah. job, but, like, Benedict Cumberbatch, you just kind of saw Doctor Strange yeah. when you see Benedict Cumberbatch. It's, it, it's interesting, because obviously I know that obviously they would have styled it a bit with makeup, but when I've seen depictions of him in really old comic books, it is weird how close it is and how accurate yeah. they got it. Mm-hmm. Now, Benedict Cumberbatch, of course, he's known for Sherlock. Yep. And I'm pretty sure he played Khan. Uh, no, but... he, uh, no, I think you find he played John Harrison because uh, no one saw that twist coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, even when I, I've no, I still haven't seen uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's okay. even 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 only seeing the uh, the previews yeah. and seeing that character, I thought, oh, that's Khan. Yeah. Well, I think I remember... They're just making him con. I think, yeah. I, I think I remember that, like, it come through that he was in it, and for a while, on his IMDb page, his character was listed as Khan, and then they very quickly changed it to John Harrison, and it's like, no, that's, uh... But, um... Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting, like, I'm kind of... I'm somewhat surprised, because um, obviously we don't know the extent of his contract, but he's he's a major actor, like, yeah, Sherlock's basically done, but he seems to be all over the place. 
And we've got to assume he signed a, 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 a few picture long deal. Like, we don't know for sure, yeah. but it's, I think it's... Well, I think we can assume a Doctor Strange too, because Mordo's still out there yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's all but confirmed for Thor Ragnarok at yeah, this point. Yeah, um, and He has to be in Infinity War. And then he has to be in Infinity War. I mean, he's he's got a, a stinking yeah. <laughs> Infinity Stone. I was going to say, at the very least, there has to be a scene where Thanos goes, yoink! <laughs> right. So, so yeah. I mean, you got to assume he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, some upcoming projects he has, he's going to be the voice of the Grinch in an animated How the Grinch Stole Christmas. He, he does a lot of voice work these days, because obviously he was the voice of Dumamu as well. He was the voice of the dragon in The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. So. You know what I, I also noticed? Um, when he does his American accent, he sounds just like Tom Selleck. Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. It's it's weird. It's kind of, I'm so used to him being himself and being British, but like, I don't know, like, part of me thinks the accent sounds bad because I'm so used to him being British. Like, mm-hmm. I... Mm. I mean, it's it's a decent accent. There, Man, there are some actors where if I hear them in their, like, in, in their native tongue first, and then I hear them try to do an American accent. Yeah. It's just, it's very off-putting to me. One of the big ones that, that occurs to me, I can't remember the, the actor's name, but he was in the Battlestar Galactica remake, and he played Apollo. Okay. And I, I can't even remember uh, what the actor's name is, and not, I feel bad not, about not, that. not Jamie Bamber, is it? Yeah, Jamie Bamber, I... yeah. Yeah, but... So before I ever saw the Battlestar Galactica uh, new series, yeah. I had seen him in Law & Order UK. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and I believe he's uh, he's Irish, isn't he? Uh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> he's not, he, yeah, he's yeah. not American. He's he's British in some capacity. Right. So the first time I see him and I hear an American voice come out of his mouth, yeah, I was I was just taken aback. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. What what is that? The, so the worst one I've ever had for that, and this is a stupid tangent, so quick. But do you know who Simon Baker is? Uh, he was Simon. he was the mentalist in the TV show. Oh so, yes, yeah. Yes, so yes. see, I knew him as American for ages. Saw an interview with him. Has the broadest, strongest Australian accent in the world. And I was exactly oh, wow. I was exactly the same as you. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Now, <laughs> to be fair, like anytime I hear Christian Bale do an interview in his in his Welsh accent, yeah, it's it's really odd. Although sometimes, and and he will, and and you know what? God bless Christian Bale for this kind of commitment. I have seen him carry the accent through the entire press cycle. Yeah. For a movie, mm. where he he will do his interviews in the American accent and continue to do them yeah. until the movie's released, and then he'll go back to Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, well, I mean, that's, that's that's Chris Bale for you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so on the whole, Our... come back I think solid solid pick. Yeah, I I liked him quite a bit. Um, I, I mean, I don't have anything else to say. He just, he fit the role exactly how you'd want yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch to fit the role of Stephen Strange. So, yes. moving on, we have Mordo, played by, and I looked it up, yep. Chiwetel Ejiofor. That is that man's name. Chiwetel, I am sorry. I'm presuming he's heard the previous hero talks where I've attempted oh, no, he's, he's to say his name. Oh, no, he's an avid listener. I'm sure. I mean, just, hey, Chiwetel, send an email or yeah, something. Yeah, come on, He'll man. Be, Get on hero. I don't. Yeah. He hasn't been on. So, but yeah, I mentioned him in. Um, uh, obviously, he was. He was. Uh, what else was he been in that I mentioned him? And he was in. I think Salt. I think I remember okay, him from yeah. being in the movie Salt. Yeah, which uh, underrated movie. I actually really, really enjoyed that mm. one. Yeah, because and... yeah, obviously he got his big break in Twelve Years a Slave. I feel like I've seen him in something else, and I almost want to look him up because it's gonna bug me. Oh, Red Belt. He was in Red Belt. That's it's. I think it's one of the. It might be one of those things that I just know he's in it, but I might not have seen him in it properly. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, I'm trying to think. Um... I think we brought him. I brought him up in. See, I haven't done a Serenity Hero talk, but I think I might have brought him up in that. And... Yeah. 
trying to think what other movie I know I know for a fact it's been it's been three movies on Hero Talk but I cannot yeah. for the life of me think about the other ones would have been yeah I'm certainly just not googling him at the moment to try and sell my brain. oh there is there is no chance I'm just scanning his IMDb oh, of course, trying it's because to... he's in love actually that's why is he is he actually in love actually yeah he's um he's Kira Knightley's uh husband well um so he's in the he's at the wedding at the beginning I will tell you as an actor he gets around yeah no I'm, I'm looking at his um Looking at his IMDb as we speak, and yes, I mean, well, I mean, he's probably one of the most talented actors I I've ever seen, mm. quite frankly. Uh, yeah, and he's one of the big things that makes me excited for Doctor Strange too, given that it's obviously they're lining him up to be the villain, and I think because they've given him like a film's worth of development, we could actually get a right. De- we could actually get a decent villain because I was I was thinking like how many decent use like deep Marvel villains have we had, and I'd say we had Loki. Uh, I'd say we've mm-hmm. had Alexandra Pierce uh, from Winter Soldier, and that's kind of it. Like they're all pretty yeah. one note, like Obadiah Stane I, I, and Ronan the Accuser, and, and uh, I don't know what to call him, Whiplash. Oh gosh, yeah, Whiplash. Uh, Ivan Vanka. He was he was kind of a, an amalgamation of Whiplash and the Crimson Dynamo, Dynamo. but but anyway, uh, yeah. So there he is. So yeah. hey, we finally finally got his name right, Chiwetel yeah. Ejiofor. Uh, I like Chiwetel Ejiofor in anything he does. He's one of those actors where I just kind of want to see him in more roles. So yes. it doesn't matter what role he. Pl- if he was cast as Doctor Strange, I would have been completely satisfied and happy. Mm. If he was cast as Christine Palmer, I would have been like, fine, mm. he's going to do a great job. I'll watch this. Yeah, I'm good. So yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Christine Palmer though, because in my opinion, uh, sorry, I don't want to steal your thunder. Please tell everyone who she was played by. Uh, you can say it i i know you're new but I, you don't have to step on it okay. yeah christine no, she, palmer played she, by rachel mcadams yeah which is fun fact another sherlock holmes connection because she played irene adler in the robert downey jr sherlock holmes film mm-hmm. but um yeah i and think she was so, horrifically underused oh d- desperately the, the fact that so let me let me give you some backstory here everybody um so the character christine palmer who's played by uh, rachel mcadams is night nurse Oh, Night Nurse oh, was the character know, that Rosario Dawson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Rosario Dawson was supposed to be playing Night Nurse in the Daredevil series, but then Marvel's all like, oh no, we're planning to use Night Nurse in the movies. So they had to sort of take Rosario Dawson's character and and change her into Claire Temple, but yeah. still sort of make her Night Nurse because they wanted to use her for that position. Mm. And then you actually have you know, Christine Palmer as Night Nurse show up, and to see her so underused like this, it it makes me so angry because you knew for a fact that she was going to be used well in the, in, uh, what would you call it, the Daredevil universe? Yeah, the the, the the Netflix... The TV universe that isn't Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., basically. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the... In in the Netflix world, they would have used her, and she would have had a lot of use, a lot yes. of lines. You'd have had a lot of development. Yes. And instead, we see that you know Doctor Strange is just going to keep showing up and with people drop on her door. Yeah. Um, and it's just at the, at the most base level. Like Rachel McAdams is a major and a very talented actress, and you just use her for like two scenes. I, I tell you, there was a period of my life where I was obsessed with Rachel McAdams, um, because she's just she's a very talented actress, yeah. and she had this huge range of stuff she'd been in. And I I don't remember what kicked it off, but I just decided like you know what I'm gonna start watching some of these movies. She's really good yeah. in a lot of stuff. Mm. And and I so I as I scan her IMDb, I've actually seen a significant most yes. of these movies. I made a very conscious effort. So mm. there's definitely I definitely see the cutoff where I stopped because then there's a string that I haven't seen. But yeah. 
I mean, if you, I mean, she was first of all, she's got another Sherlock Holmes connection because she yep. was in uh in the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes series. Yep. Of course, Mean Girls. That's mm-hmm. huge. Yep. Um... Uh, let's see, Red Eye, The Family Stone, Wedding Crashers, uh, The Notebook, The Hot Chick. Uh, that's that's what I have off the top of yeah, my head. Yeah. I don't know if you, there's any else that are coming to you, but no, no, you got them. You got the major ones. Oh, the time traveler's wife. That's right. Oh, of course. With, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, Rachel McAdams is phenomenally talented. Uh, yes. Uh, probably my favorite actress. Just mm. no quantifiers there. My favorite actress is is Rachel McAdams. I can imagine in a hypothetical one, if you got her on the show, you'd just spend however long it was just being like, oh, just not just trying desperately to keep it together and just yeah, it, it, it'd be a whole like. Remember that Chris Farley skit from Saturday Night Live? Like, hey, remember when you were in Mean Girls? Yeah. That, that was awesome. Yeah, just you doing that, just going through her entire filmography. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so horribly underused. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, not only underusing a very talented actress, but you're also underusing uh, a character that would have probably had a little bit more respect in another franchise. But well, Yeah, in another franchise. Uh, but we have plans for nightmares. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? It's it's. I mean, listen, Rosario Dawson. She's doing an amazing job yes. as Claire Temple. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, we all know who that's supposed to be. Every every time she shows up, I know who that's supposed to be. Yeah. And then to see you know Christine Palmer show up now as Night Nurse and how little use she was going to have. And I mean, let's be honest, she's probably not going to be in Thor. She's probably not going no, to be in Infinity no, 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 War. No, no, no. So. I mean, I I just hope they don't give her the uh they they don't give her the the Jane treatment from Thor and just I, have her disappear. I think she very much could get the Jane treatment because, like Natalie Portman, she's a major actress and she might just go, "I'm not really fussed to sign like a fifteen film deal and yeah. crop up all the time." I mean, I from her perspective, like, why would I sign to do three movies if I'm going to be in in four scenes in each of them? Yes. Other than it. It might pay well. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I'm to, not a reason. Yeah. Oh, to be fair, I don't think the MCU is massively at a loss for having lost Jane Foster, I'm just going to say it. No, I mean, that's... The problem with Jane Foster is, while I like Natalie Portman, Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth have about as much on-screen chemistry as maybe two rocks. <laughs> if you place two rocks next yes. to each other yes. and see them interact. Yeah. I know who we should definitely, they should definitely use more in the MCU, and I'm not being sarcastic at all, is Darcy. Ugh. I know. Oh, I cannot, I cannot stand Darcy. Yes, I know. Oh. I'm just Man. pulling your button. I'm just pushing your buttons. Yeah, no, see, now I'm all mad. Yeah. Now I'm all worked up and mad. All yeah. right, so moving on. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk Wong. Yep. Who's a, a character who's uh, very crucial to the to the Doctor Strange lore. He's yep. He's a... Uh, I would say partner, sidekick, depends on who's writing it. Obviously, yeah. back when he was invented, it was a little a little less socially aware. And, yeah. And, but the, the character has evolved since then. But played uh, played by Benedict Wong. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a character actor. Uh, I promise you've seen him in other stuff. He's one of those guys where you look like, where do I know him from? Yeah, I saw, like, I saw him. Everything. I know, I saw, I saw him somewhere. And it's it, it implies that he's put on a huge amount of weight for this role. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's normally not that big. Yeah, no, I just... He's uh sorry he um he he was bigger in Marco Polo which was the Netflix series yes. where he played Kublai Khan and mm-hmm. I'm wondering if maybe he's on the backswing of that yeah I, I that's what I've heard because there were a couple things then I saw him pictures of him when he was much slimmer and he almost doesn't mm-hmm. look like the same person because like his his face looks completely different yeah he looks totally different but yeah so as I said he was Kublai Khan in in Marco Polo he yeah. was uh he was isn't that show Black Mirror which people <sighs> seem to like yeah that's on my list of things to watch. Uh, he was in The Martian, which uh, is a phenomenal movie. I like Prometheus. Oh yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, he's he's been in a ton yeah. of stuff. Uh, he was. Oh, also, you know who he was, and this is where this. It took me a while to figure this one out because I'm just like, where am I not placing this guy? So remember in the IT crowd when Moss was on Password? Oh, countdown! Yes, he's um. Oh my God! Yes, he's Prime. He is. Oh my God! <laughs> Let's have a game of Street Countdown. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! What's Street Countdown? It's the same as regular Countdown, but we play it in the street. Well, how is that dangerous? It's It's quite quite chilly. (laughs) You might need a jacket. I'm wearing long underwear. Oh, then you should be fine. I love the IT crowd. I love the IT crowd, and the final countdown was my favorite episode of the IT crowd. By far. That just makes me... I I cannot believe... Oh... Yeah. Wow. So I mean, because it's it was his voice. It was really like yes. I know I've I've heard this guy talk before. Yeah. And and I was so that's why I decided to go back. I'm like, what has he been in? What has he been in? What has he been in? And like, so I'm seeing things I've seen, and I'm like, no, that's that's yeah. not where I'm getting it from. Yeah. And so mm. there yeah, it was. You do get that when it's just yeah. You you can know that you've seen someone in loads of things, but it's one particular thing, and your brain goes, oh my god, yeah. it's that guy. Yeah. So that's where it was. I I've I actually finally managed to to go all the way back and figure out. Yep. He was prime. Yep. From the IT crowd. So, uh, uh, so I liked him. In the, I mean, I just like Benedict yes. Wong in general. Yeah. He's good in all of the stuff he's been in. And because I like that episode so much, I could have liked Benedict Wong no matter what yeah. happened. So. I know. I think I think he had an interesting character. I think he's one of those people that, okay, near the end, they maybe got him a bit comic relief-y. But I think there's some interesting depth to him. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so he is, well, not slated for Thor Ragnarok. He yeah. is slated to return for Infinity War. Oh, okay. Because so. yeah, it's interesting. I've, I've been trying to keep a rough, rough hand on who's going to be in Infinity War. And I know a while ago they mentioned some number of there being like sixty characters in it, and I've been trying to do the maths and kind of working out who that will mean. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just, mm, I'm right. just annoyed that they're that probably the Netflix lot and Agents of Shield won't be in there because I just, I, I know, I know exactly why that's the case because obviously like you can't put characters in that some of your audience have no idea who they are because they've not watched the other shows but then there's part of my brain that goes no one's going to turn up to Infinity War as their first Marvel movie and be like right I'm going to get into this Marvel thing 15 films in like I just I like yeah I understand why they have to do it but it annoys me because they've outside of the films they've created some amazing characters yeah I a part of it disappoints me a little bit and part of it just almost is like can we just keep these guys street level yeah you know like do i want to see daredevil try to take on thanos okay yeah there I are there know. are some points where yeah i think i, I think okay yeah, i think with the netflix lot you're right you're right but i think with the agents of shield lot they're bringing in inhumans so if you look at the sort of like uh quake slash daisy she could hold her own in a fight against most things and obviously they've now brought in ghost rider and stuff like mm-hmm I, yeah, I think it's there, and I understand entirely what they're doing. And it just annoys me that they've kind of gone, oh yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the same universe, but not quite the same timeline. Because it yeah. makes no sense! Like, there is literally an episode where they go to London to clean up the destruction after Thor 2. And it's like, this is clearly the same universe! Just make Coulson not be dead! Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, uh, they they don't want to do it, you know, and you know they don't. So anyway, so let's yeah. let's let's move on. There's only a couple more people I really yes. want to hit on this list because I don't I don't care about everybody all the way down. I don't know if we have any really big fans of Hammer here, but I'm not going to talk about him. So anyway, yeah. so next is the fill-in. I don't know how to say this guy's name. Oh, um, uh, uh, Mad- Caecilius. Mad- Mad- oh, yeah, Caecilius. No, I know how to say Mads Mikkelsen. Sorry, I don't know how to sorry. say. Sorry, yeah, Caecilius. They, they said it like a hundred times, and like I I don't know who that no, is. No, Caecilius. Caecilius. Yeah. 
Yeah, so playing Caecilius is Mads Mikkelsen, who, yep. uh, I mean, when you see that Mads Mikkelsen is cast in the movie, yep. you almost sit there and say, like, well, he's the villain, yep. obviously. Yeah, ever since he played Le Chiffre in Casino Royale, and I think he played yep. one of the best Bond villains we've had in ages. So I, Casino Royale is my it is my favorite Bond film. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I'm I'm with you there. Despite my love for the slightly ridiculous Pierce Brosnan era, I think I'm with you. No, I can't I can't stand Pierce Brosnan, and it I don't it's not a bad thing per se. It's just that when I see Pierce Brosnan, yeah, I I I think Remington Steel. Okay, which is and, and so it made that whole series of movies just feel like a Remington Steel offshoot. Yeah. And there was a whole thing that, like, he was set to be Bond earlier, but because he was doing Remington Steel, he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas I kind of have the kind of thing of, like, I might end up seeing, like, Mamma Mia, and I might know what you're doing. You're supposed to be, like, this dapper secret agent, what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I also knew him from Mrs. Doubtfire, so That's I don't necessarily true. keep keep him in, in, in that high regard. So, yeah. But anyway, so Mads Mikkelsen, of yes. course, was... He's been. I mean, what hasn't he been in? Yeah, because he's Hannibal, <laughs> he's going to be mm-hmm. in the Death Stranding video game, apparently. Uh, so yeah, lots oh, of things. That's interesting. Have you have you not have you not seen that? There's just um, I only see it secondhand. But basically, Hideo Kojima's Twitter feed at the moment is just constantly him taking pictures with Mads Mikkelsen and being like so happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I got to hang with Mads Mikkelsen, I'd probably be pretty happy too. Uh, that's that's fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, so uh, played Caecilius. Uh, I mean, he did a good job. I mean, he's Mads Mikkelsen. You got exactly yes. what you thought. Yes, like he's exactly. he played he played uh, the villain. It was it was almost like Le Chiffre was back in kind of, but I think slightly less menacing because you can't be quite as menacing when you're like running up a wall and throwing yeah. like shards of color and explosions at people. But yeah, I kind of I I get what you mean. Uh, so the character he is actually from the comics, Caecilius. I looked him mm. up because I couldn't remember who you know because up until now I've known who the people were yeah when they were introduced and then Casilius I'm like wait who's this guy yeah and so apparently he was like uh he he worked with Baron Mordo who I think is what Mordo is supposed to be Baron yeah, Mordo they, yeah I wouldn't be surprised they, if like he'll adopt that title in the next film or something I wouldn't yeah be yeah they, they they took some liberties with him that's fine Baron Mordo is not really a character that I'm <laughs> I think the lore is super necessary and you have to be super strict and faithful to it I think you can yeah well, I don't think any of these characters need to be super faithful to the lore. You do what works. It's a movie. It's the same. But he was, yeah. um, he he did want to have to like he he was involved in the story about trying to get Dormammu's power, which is another character that I recognized immediately was Dormammu. Yeah. So he is from the comic books, uh, and he is a Doctor Strange villain, uh, him mm. and Mordo. But I mean, there you go. Yeah, it's because it's funny. Actually, I'm not much of a comics person, but I've actually managed to gain a lot of my wider Marvel knowledge from the uh, Lego Marvel game from a few years ago. Oh, which, yeah, um, funny enough, has just had a sequel announced, and I'm actually super excited. But yes, like that had people like Mysterio and Dormammu crop up in it, which I'm now starting to hear in the context of the films, and I'm like, oh, I find I kind of understand who these people are. I like Mysterio. He was a uh, he Fish was involved in, in a dare- <laughs> yeah he was involved in a Daredevil story. I kind of like huh. yeah. So anyway, which was written by Kevin Smith, okay. who. When when you can ever get him to sit down and write a comic is probably is a is a decent. I mean, obviously the guy's a talented writer. That's sort of how he made a name for himself. Yeah. But uh, mm. all right. So anyway, so now uh, the last one in the cast before we before we roll because yeah. I don't want to spend forever talking about the cast. No, 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 it's fine. Cast. Uh, so we have the ancient one. Yep. 
played by Tilda Swinton. Now, there is a big, long story of why Tilda Swinton ends up playing the Ancient One. There was a lot of controversy about this. Yeah, uh, we're not going to talk about any of it. Okay. Uh, So, Tilda Swinton, I think I first became aware of Tilda Swinton in Constantine. Okay. uh, Where she played uh, the Angel Gabriel. I think who else? Uh, What else has she been in that? I mean, Uh, she's been in a ton of stuff. Vanilla Sky. She was in Vanilla Sky. That's another one. Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer, yes. Mm. I don't think I've actually seen her in that many things. I'm just, I'm aware of her. She's been back in the news a bit recently because she's is mm-hmm. was in the running to be the next Doctor Who. Though I think that's quite unlikely. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not a Whovian, so I couldn't really say either way. But uh, well, no, I mean, she's yeah. she's very talented actress. I would love to see her as Doctor mm. Who. She was, oh, she was the White Witch in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, yeah. But yeah, there's just yeah, there's debate going on at the moment of should will there be a female Doctor Who or not, with different people saying conflicting things. I mean, I know I don't know much about the Who lore, but doesn't like does can't the Doctor regenerate into? Exactly, it's 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 quite funny. They've been lay, laying the groundwork um, for this to kind of say gender can change to the point where in the last series there was a regeneration w- that was a change in gender and a change in race. So it's hmm. it's kind of the implication that it's kind of personal choice, and this is especially true with uh, Peter Capaldi at the moment, because there's a whole point of he very deliberately picked the face he has so they could explain how Peter Capaldi was in Doctor Who about um, a few years back. So yeah, they're kind of they're subtly expanding the law to say we could do this, but I I don't know. Like I have no problem with it either way. I just I don't know. Okay, I mean, I, 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 it, it doesn't affect me at all because no matter who you pick, I'm not going to watch it. Oh, so. Greg. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, yeah, so that's yes, that's, uh, Tilda uh, Swinton. Like the the big thing I remember her from was uh, was Constantine, which played Gabriel, mm. and uh, I, I like her. She's a very talented actor. She did a fine mm. job with the role. Yes, um, yeah, she did that kind of that nice role of I'm clearly not letting on everything I know. Like I'm just going to tell you what I think you need to know and kind of, yeah, I think again, there was a lot of depth to her character. Uh, I think it's a bit of a shame that they killed her off spoilers, but I understand why they had to <laughs> partly, partly just to give Dr. Strange the title of Sorcerer Supreme, which he has now. Yeah. Does he actually have the title? Like um, when they ended the movie, they made it sound like, well, you know, people are going to come by, you know, well, they've I, always been a sorcerer. It's made it I, seem like the title was vacant. I, I well, the assumption I got was that, be- that anyone who was looking after a sanctum got that title, and because they were like, "Ah, the New York sanctum needs a protector," because seemingly the entire Marvel universe happens in New York. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, that was the impression but, I, mean, I got. I mean, I could see them, and they they did at that point call him Master Strange. To I, yes, I do. I do enjoy that, even though he's now a sorcerer, he still appreciates the title Doctor. Yeah, like it's yeah, that, that's the stupid bit where he's where he introducing himself to Celius Nichols in Mister Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite funny, but Mister Doctor, Mister Doctor Strange. Yes. yes, it is a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that was one of the jokes that, like, if it wasn't, is definitely what I like to think of as a, a trailer joke. Yes, uh, like although the, I don't remember that from the trailer. The one trailer joke I remember, and it still annoys me, is the bit with Mordo and the Wi-Fi password. That was in all the trailers. It, it sure was. And it's like, and that, it's, it's, it's a shame because it's, it's not a bad joke. I was going to say, it's one of those things that it would have been a good joke if we hadn't seen it 500 times before the film came out. Right, if they had just, if they just like, left something to be... Yeah. Anyway, um, so Tilda Swinton, just, just to point out, she is attached to a future project coming out this year called War Machine. Ooh. Not that War Machine. Uh, <laughs> of course, you'd love a War Machine film, because you'd love of it. Of course, I would love a War Machine film, and I, I would be at that, which is why I got excited when I saw that in her credit. And then I look, I'm like, no, it's 
It's not that war machine. All right. You know what? We're done. We're done with the cast. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about anybody else except for, you know, Chris Hemsworth does show up at the very end. He does. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because so. it's, yeah, there is, I believe, I think I've seen like a, a shot on set from Thor Ragnarok whereby uh, Thor and or Loki gets handed a bit of paper with the address of the New York Sanctum on it. So that's why they're, uh, that's why they go to see him. Yeah. So it almost feels like we're going to see that exact scene play out. Yeah, but I, I you know. Prefer- I'd be very surprised they do that, given that they've never done that in the past. The few times. Oh yeah, they did. They did that at the end of Ant Man. They showed oh, it was. I mean, it was it was abbreviated, but they showed the scene from Civil War where oh, where um yeah. Falcon. Sorry. It was Falcon who says, "Yeah, I uh I know oh, a guy." Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Because yeah, sorry, oh. Ant Man is one of the few films I've not seen repeatedly. I don't know why I quite enjoy it, but. I liked it. I saw. I saw. Ant- I was on a plane, and so I saw Ant Man and Civil War back to back, which made that kind of convenient. Yeah. When they say uh, Ant Man will return in Civil War, I'm like, oh, oh, well, let me yeah. get right on that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. All right. So that's it with the cast. So let's. Yep. Let's let's talk about uh, the the movie in general and, and some specific scenes that we like. I yeah. I gotta be honest with you. I I really felt that the story was hurting. Yes. You know, and as and as I as I said right at the top of the cast, it's it's Doctor Strange is a hard character to do a story for anyway. Mm. I like him better when he just kind of shows up and he messes up some stuff and then he leaves. Why? That's yes. why I think he'll probably be great in Thor Ragnarok because that's exactly what this character is meant for. Him and yeah. him and Ghost Rider can never have their own series. They mm. need to just show up in everybody else's series all the time. Yes. So, so I mean, so we'll see. But yeah, I I just I really I had a hard time sort of getting into what was happening and I was I was never really super clear on. All right, so is he? just a rank amateur at this scene or is he supposed to be more yeah. accomplished his development's a bit weird they keep dropping hints that like oh no one no one's like learned at the rate you've learned before and he makes that weird comment about having a photographic memory which they just seem to slip in out of nowhere yeah and yeah and i just yeah bits of it it's, yeah I, th- I think the story did lack and i think there are a couple bits of dialogue that you can tell like we were kind of saying like you said at the beginning that they were doing trying to do broader things like that very telling bit of dialogue where like tilda swinton says oh we use magic but if that offends your modern sensibilities so it's kind of like they don't want to put magic in the mcu like even if you look at Thor, who is kind of basically a magical being, they instead go, "Oh no, they're basically just like a hyper hyper advanced race of aliens, effectively." Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they they as, go out of their way to make it seem like these are not the actual Norse gods. Yeah, like, they're just as, advanced beings. Yeah, as ridiculous as this sounds in the context of the Marvel universe, they try and keep it quite grounded, relatively speaking. Right, like, as grounded as it as it can be in the context of what goes on. I mean, they don't they 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 don't overuse their 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 suspension of disbelief. Yes, which I yeah. think is quite is, is quite important because I think at this point there's there's kind of an ex, there's it's it, it's accepted now if you put Marvel Studios in front of a film it's going to be pretty it's going to be pretty decent. Okay, we've had some rough films, but mm-hmm. I think oh, if, we've I, had I some think, rough films. Yeah, but I think if you look <laughs> at like their success rate, like it's difficult to kind of draw direct comparisons because no kind of film series has kind of done this. Like you can't say compare them with say oh the James Bond films because you're using the same character, but it's like no, they're all mm-hmm. standard alone things like there's no direct kind of cinemagraphic comparison with the possible exception of the dc universe but let's not talk about that uh, yeah well i mean we'll get to the the dc universe i imagine eventually but mm. um uh, yeah i just 
I don't know. I, I was I was really having a hard time sometimes keeping up with like when when Doctor Strange is is confronting one of one of uh, Mads Mikkelsen's friends. Yes, I'm, I can't say it. I lost it already. Taiki uh, that guy. Yeah. I never, I never get the idea of like. So, should he be able to hold his own against this guy, or is this, is this a yeah. fair fight? I mean, because yeah. especially when you see that the guardian of the New York Sanctum goes down so quickly. Yeah, I think yeah, that's so kind of, quickly. Yeah, I think that's kind of the attempt to go. I mean, look how much power they have. And then yeah, it's kind of weird that later on they then have the they then Strange has the fight with that guy that he basically kills by defibrillating himself, which kind yeah. of implies that like he doesn't have the skill in and of himself to defeat him, so he's having to use like outside influences, kind of. Yeah, but I mean, then at the same time, when Mads Mikkelsen comes after him, he's able to relatively hold his own. Yes, and quite frankly, the cloak of levitation did better than he ever could. Yeah, yeah. The 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 cloak is what they need. Apparently yes. that was mm, definitely mm. just um I, this kind of comes under major scenes and I know kind of everyone spoke about this but I do think they should be applauded for the uh, visual effects on this the the visual effects were very well done um and not yeah. just like you know the inception bending of the worlds around and everything like that if, but... any, yeah, if anything I think that I think that was the the weaker section I I genuinely think the bit near the beginning where he's like flying through reality is just is is properly I th- impressive I thought that got on a bit long yeah it did it. I yeah, like they could have they could have shrunk that scene down quite substantially. Yeah, I I even I wrote that in my notes. The line here says acid trip dot 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 too long. <laughs> Nothing worse than an acid trip that's too long. Absolutely not. Yeah, but it just it seemed like yeah, it it was it it felt like padding because you could yes the, what you're trying to get across in that scene could have happened in a third of the time. Yeah. So it, I mean, for, mo- for these movies are getting really long, Nick, and so mm, mm, I start to notice when you're doing things that are making them longer than they have to be. I don't like that. Yeah, there was. I think I remember when I first thought it was more part of me that thought, "Oh, are they gonna slip us Thanos or something in there? Maybe." But no. Yeah, I. I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I moving on, moving on. We can get yeah get past that stuff. I would I. There are some things they do in in this in movie which is just they're so. They're the tropes that always happen, but like remember yes. when when um Doctor Strange was in in the secret library, yeah, and he picks that one random book to look at, and it flips right to the page yeah. that got ripped out. Like, yeah. come on, guys, you couldn't you couldn't figure out an organic way to have that happen. You just yeah. And I like how, like, no one had, had thought that, yeah, like, it doesn't matter, they've stolen the pages, we can just go back in time and, and replace them. And you kind of think, surely if that, like, their kind of rules of time manipulation are a bit weird. So it's like, surely if you're reversing time, that should have got rid of Kaikilis' copy of those pages. Like, yeah, it's, but, yeah. it, um, the, I, the way I like to think of it is they're using the, the Flash Legends of Tomorrow rules of time travel, which is, we make it up as we go. Yep. This will only this will only affect things if we needed to affect things for the story. Yes. Otherwise, it won't affect anything. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it's yeah, and it's kind of they make that offhand comment when he's experimenting with it, of like, oh, you could fracture the universe just so they have the time loop bit at the end, which I will say is quite an interesting. I mean, it, in terms of in in terms of Chekhov's gun, yeah, I like that one because when when they said it that way, I didn't immediately think that that was what was going to be used to defeat Dormammu. Yes, so I'm yeah. always I'm all about I, I most of these movies have Chekhov's gun. It's it's in most of them, mm. but at the same time, I don't want I don't want to to recognize it. I don't I don't want them to, you know 
to yeah. to say it in such a way where I know it's going to be important later. Mm, yeah. And so I appreciate it when I, I don't see it coming, and I didn't see it coming. If, FYI, I need to go back to the cast real quick. Yeah. It was a small part, uh, but uh, the Jonathan Pangborn... Uh, yep. the, the man who introduced Doctor Strange yeah. to the concept of going was played by Benjamin Bratt, who's been in a ton of stuff. He was in Law and Order for a while, oh, uh, Miss Congeniality, he was in Despicable Me, he was yeah. in, or at least Despicable Me 2. Um, so he voiced Superman in the, I mean, I've, he's, he's been mentioned on Hero Talk in the past. He's been in a, in a ton of stuff. Uh, he's from Snitch. Yeah, I'm just in the same But thing. anyway, we've had, yeah, I've Cat, this, he was in Catwoman. He was in Catwoman. Yeah, I've got this exact same situation of I'm pretty sure there's going to be one, and I've just found the one thing that reminds Reminded me, uh, he was in uh, the latest series of Twenty Four, the one that was set in the UK. Oh, yep. And he was in Demolition Man. He <laughs> was. Never, uh, he I've was... never watched that, but I keep hearing that crop up, and I think it's got a bit of a cult status. Uh, it's it's it is objectively speaking, it's a terrible, terrible '90s action flick. Uh, However, it is awesome. At the exact same time, I can't yeah, explain it. But I know it what is... you mean. It's like, funny enough, I was watching uh, Fast and Furious Seven last night, and those films are terrible. They're objectively bad, but I love them because they're so ridiculous. Yeah, I, the the nice thing about Demolition Man was not only is it like a ridiculous action flick in there, but there's a lot of little subtle things they throw in. Mm. Like they were, they were definitely, they weren't just punting it. They were putting in the, they, they knew what they were making and they yeah. put in a level of effort you don't normally see for that level of film. Mm. And you, I mean, it, it's definitely noticeable because, you know, yes. there's lots of little things that you'll pick up on the second, third, fourth, fifth watching. And, and yes, I've seen it that many times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not judging you too much. Don't worry. No, that's fine. All right. So I just got, I, I just realized that like, oh shoot, Benjamin Bratt was in this. We should probably at least mention him since he's, he's yeah. an old favorite. All right, so taking off that, coming back to the the movie and some main points I want to make. Um, so I, I want to talk about these the what were those those rings they were called that they always oh, were wearing the, the sling rings the sling ring yeah. yeah I had such a terrible time figuring out who had a sling ring and who didn't in any given scene mm. because there was there was a very important point at one point where when he loses one yeah he loses one but then I mean I mean you must have gotten it back because he, he used it to make the portal into the into the broom closet yeah he's i think he steals one of the one-off kykelis's henchmen or something right which was the one i think was technically stolen from him when he sent that guy to wherever he sent him uh, yeah. Like, yeah, see you, you see what i'm saying though like yeah. this is there was there was more than once where i had to rewind the movie and go back and see like all right so who has a sling ring yeah, but I almost think if it was something like a gauntlet, something that was much more visible, it'd be much easier to keep track of. Right. But, I mean, uh, even to the point where when when um, when Doctor Strange steals the sling ring from Mads Mikkelsen, basically he does it so quickly yes. that I, I sit there and I think, wait, so where did he get a sling? Why does he think they don't have a sling ring? Did he take his sling ring? What just happened there? Yeah. Because it's very subtle. He kind of bumps into him, and that's supposed to be the grab of the sling ring, and then he runs. Yeah. But I would have thought... He would have already had his own sling ring, maybe, so he didn't... I don't know. It was... Yeah. I was always kind of having a trouble figuring out, and I didn't like the sling rings in general, because not only could I not figure them out, but then there's that scene where the Ancient One strands Doctor Strange on Everest. Yeah. So that he'll, he'll have to come back in order to save himself. Mm. And and I, I get the idea, it's, it's supposed to be so cold there that if he doesn't do it, then he's he's not going to be able to, to, to survive. Yeah. Although, I think it's so cold on top of Everest that even being there unprotected would have sent him into shock. Well, yeah, that, well, yeah that's the joke. That's, that's the kind of point they make. Like, they're like, in theory, you could survive for like 15 minutes, but the shock will kill you in two. Like, they, yeah. they, they, they I, I, don't, I think it would take less than two minutes. I mean, it's yeah. supposed to... And plus... 
there's no oxygen up there. Yeah, or it's it's very thin, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he would have passed out. Can you imagine just immediately going from, you know, being able to to breathe to thinning the air on you like that? He'd pass out. Yeah, I think the shock on your body, yeah, you probably would. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not, you can't just step from, you know, sea level to Everest and just be okay. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's I not, mean, pe- people climb it gradually, and they aren't okay, and so yeah. he can't just all of a sudden have less air and just be okay with that. Yeah. And it's it's these, I, I don't like, scenes like this happen in a lot of movies where, like, oh, well, I'm putting you in a dangerous situation now and forcing you to do it, and that's how you do it. Like, no, yeah. that's not actually, that doesn't actually work, you know? Yeah. I just, that... I just envision, like, a football coach saying, like, oh, well, you need to learn to run, and so to teach you to run, I'm going to release these jackals on you. Like, yeah. no, you're just you're just going to get that guy mauled. That's not mm. actually how it works. The, w- you the, don't... One, the one time, the one thing with the slings that I think worked well, partly because of kind of how it interacted with Do- and kind of Doctor Strange's characters and motivation is a bit where he's like, look, I can't do this. My hands won't stop shaking. And then the ancient one's like, look, this guy's only got one hand, and he can do it fine. Yeah. Like, that was quite a, like a, just like, yeah, that was an interesting scene. And just as a way to go to Doctor Strange, look, it's not about that. It's not about that. It's not what you, about what you can and what, what you think you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I did. All... I noticed that his hands were still shaking at the end. Yeah, I think that was kind of the point. That like, well, my interpretation of it was kind of like he realized that his goal was no longer about quote unquote fixing his hand. It was because mm-hmm. that was never going to happen. It was just about mastering his yeah. kind of skill. But then he, his hands are still shaking. Yet they make a whole big point of proving at one point that his hands are steady enough to shave. <laughs> Yeah, although they, they did shake a bit when he was shaving too. Yeah, but you kind of think like if you look kind of how kind of intricate his <laughs> the beard he shaves for himself. Like when I'm shaving, I end up cutting myself occasionally. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean that's I, I I cannot get an intricate you know symmetrical goatee like that. So that's. Yeah. But when you figure, like, so even if you you aren't going to try to be a surgeon and just get, you know, get your life back, you could still put the, use the magic to have, like, you know, steady, workable use of your hands. Well, yeah, like, they made the whole point of that's exactly what Jonathan Poundborn does. He basically puts magic right. into his spine. So why could Strange just not put magic into his hands? Yeah, I I, I, I don't think in the comics he his hands stay... Although, I think at one point in the comic books, Hulk crushes his hands, so... Oh, yeah. And as long as we're talking about his hands and his physical therapy, he refers to his physical therapist, or it could have been his occupational therapist. I don't. I didn't get a good impression about which role that person was, but he refers to them as bachelor's degree, which is objectively wrong because yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, you need a you need you need at least a master's, and in fact, most most of those programs now require a doctorate in order to practice. So yeah, that just it just seemed like it was unnecessarily mean. Yep. I was gonna look real quick to see if I could even like figure out who that find that guy for his acting credit just to give him a shout out, but I can't even see. Oh, there he is. So he was all right. So this is important to know because he was in the in the script. He was physical therapist. Wow. <laughs> and so I can say now with a surety that to practice physical therapy in the state of New York, you need to have a doctorate of physical therapy. So that was not bachelor's degree. He would have had the uh, the same level of education as as Doctor Strange. Yes. And played by um, Kabna Holbrook-Smith. There you go. You give him the justice he deserves. Uh, yeah, give him the, the shout-out. I mean, Doctor Strange is a big thing. He's uh, This guy, his IMDb is huge. Huh. Uh, he's a character actor, so he shows up in, uh, in things. Um, let's see, like, he was a voice in Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Oof. Just additional voices, you know, he's been... Ah, uh, one of those, yeah. He'll, he'll show up on shows he was in. Oh, he was... I know who this guy is. He was in the show Sirens. 
Uh, Sirens was a it was a show about uh, Chicago paramedics, like not Chicago Med. It was a comedy show. It yeah, was like created uh, by Dennis Leary. Uh, okay. One of one of the characters from Arrow this season also came from that show. Yeah. So there it is. Okay, so yeah, he was Ryan in uh, in Sirens. I didn't didn't even recognize him. I and I I watched Sirens, so that's why it's kind of odd. All right. Mm. Anyway, so gave him his shout-out, and also gave a shout-out to the fact that as a physical therapist, he would have had a doctorate. Although, he's an old enough actor that he might be grandfathered in with his master's degree, but still, not a bachelor's degree. Yeah. (laughs) And, also want to point out that despite, you know, everyone likes to think that, oh, well, doctor is higher, so therefore they know everything. Doctors don't know how a lot of this stuff works the same way a physical therapist would. Yeah. You know, when, when, when a physical therapist goes to a doctor's office with, like, a pulled muscle or something, the doctor asks the physical therapist, hey, what do you think you should do to get this fixed? Yeah. Um, you know? And yeah, and, and the fun fact is a lot of doctors, when they kind of go the next step up, actually often get rid- stop using their title. Like when a lot of doctors become consultants, they're being back to being Mr. or Mrs. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's kind of a position of seniority in some ways, but... I mean, yeah, it, it just, it was very odd that like the, the guy who's who's the neurosurgeon would yeah. not have the same level of knowledge, especially when he said, like, oh, I could have done my hands better. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. maybe you're just saying that as, like, a matter of your personal skill, but you don't know the muscular structure well enough to do what needed yeah. to be done because you're a neurosurgeon, and that was your, you know, mm. it's... It, it doesn't turn into this whole all-encompassing, I know everything about everything. I mean, that's why there are physical therapists, is because you need a completely separate path to learn how how the, you know the muscles work and and the recovery process and some some random surgeon even if he's the best neurosurgeon in the world isn't going to know that stuff and he's not going to have the same level so if you try to make it sound like he knows more than the physical therapist he probably yeah, doesn't no. and to call him bachelor's degree was just as i said objectively wrong so moving on couple more points before before we close out here uh the Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. Do you re- do you know what he was reading? Was that supposed to be something of note? Yeah, it was some like, I can't remember the exact title, but it's some, like, mystical book that's, like, exploring your soul or something, or something kind of mystical and mysticism-esque. Huh. Just to give us, did you, have you heard about how, I won't say explicitly, but in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they actually go and basically, to some extent, prove a, fa- a fan theory about how all these stats yeah, cameos I've, link. Yeah, I've heard about that. I've heard okay. about that. Because there was, the. I know what the popular theory is, and it's probably... Yes the the best rationale for it i would yeah. imagine but yeah, yeah i've heard that that gets um if not outright then at least uh, implicitly confirmed no it, it, it's it's yeah. very out it's very outright yeah so yeah i've yeah. i've heard that and i i think i think that works well i mean i, yeah. I don't want to sound too morbid here but i mean you know stanley is not a young guy no and like they, they have made a lot of points that like like when he was filming some, he filmed like three together, and yeah, they're very aware that this is a like this is a joke that can only go on for so long. Right, and I, I you know, so you're gonna feel bad if it ever stops. But I don't, I don't want him to replace him with somebody else because no, 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 I, 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 don't, I don't think they would. Yeah, it, it just seems like you know when, when you confirm the fan theory, then you kind of made it you know, problematic, but obviously, you know, yeah. Stan Lee's health is, is the out, out right here, but, it, you know, at the same time, it'll be sad when he goes, and then that character will objectively go as well. Yeah. All right. We've already said too much. So, mm. one last thing, and then if you have any other points to bring up, but this 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 kind of bothered me a little bit. So, they, ma- they make an explicit point. There are there are three sanctums. Yep. There's the, the London sanctum, the Hong Kong sanctum, and the New York sanctum, because, of course, there's a New York sanctum. Of course. What, couldn't be in Boston or anything like nope. that. Had to be in New York City. You know, or, or Canton, Ohio. Couldn't have just... <laughs> yeah, no. 
it just seemed like all right. But anyway, so New York, everything's in New York. It's Marvel. Yeah. They they love New York. Uh, they do. So London falls, yep. and then you have New York and and Hong Kong left, and so. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen and his and his crew they attack New York once doesn't yep. work out so great they come back attack it again still doesn't work out so great and they're like so where do you think he's gonna go next I'm like well it must be Hong Kong like, wait so he's not is, is he just giving up on New York or what's going well, on is he... well, well I, 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 I know what you're getting at but it's kind of if you're attacking somewhere that is heavily defended and you keep losing it kind of does make logical sense from almost a military perspective to try an alternative target that perhaps won't be as heavily defended like, okay, you could kind of cynically say they just wanted a new location for a big set piece, but there is Which kind is of, why it happened, yeah. Which I think there is kind of logic to it. It's kind of like, why would you keep going back to a fight that you know you're probably going to lose? Yeah, I, I just... if But it's not like he lost decisively. Like, one time no. was definitely a fluke. Yeah. But it just kind of seemed odd that when he, when he went back to regroup, he just decided, ah, whatever, we'll just hit Hong Kong. Yeah. Which, to some extent, was a good idea, because he, he, he succeeded. Yeah, and then when Hong Kong fell, then Dormammu started coming through. Yeah. Which I thought, like, so is this, like, just a two out of three thing? Because yeah. if, it, if it's really just a two out of three thing, then it makes perfect sense. Well, then, well, yeah, I'll just go to Hong Kong then. Yeah. You know, right. the, yeah. I'm, I'm going to, whatever. Apparently, there's some weird stuff going on in New York I don't want to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a bit weird, and yeah, my job. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think of my geography in my head, and I was kind of thinking, with three locations in that in those areas, how effectively could they like cover the entire planet? I'm just surely, they they, they weren't you, like yeah, I I know what you're thinking like ge- geometry speaking. Yeah, they weren't need, in the prime spaces to like equal coverage. Yeah, surely you need like one in like Antarctica or something. Yeah, I was I was even thinking that like you know maybe Australia and Antarctica could get one. You know, are yeah. we are we just not concerned? Does magic not work as well in the cold? <laughs> Who knows? So yeah, but that's just a that was yeah. just I was being pernickety. Yeah. All right. And uh, one quick point, just to point this out, because uh, I thought it was interesting. Um, yeah. A char- somebody who actually wanted to play the character of Doctor Strange before uh, they got Benedict Cumberbatch was Patrick Dempsey. Ugh. Yeah, I'm. Uh, he does not look the part the same way. I I see Patrick Dempsey. I kind of see a Mister Fantastic, to be honest. Yes, I because yeah, I think he can do that kind of almost a bit more campy style of superhero, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like, I I know him predominantly from Grey's Anatomy, where, like, right. yeah, he's just kind of a serious kind of character, but it's kind of in in that way that, like, Grey's Anatomy is still kind of has, like... It's a drama, but it has, like, rom-com, sitcom-y elements, like... Yes. I don't know. I, I don't know how well he could play properly serious. Like, I, I don't know if you know that he was in the running to play House... Uh, before um, I I had Laurie, heard that yeah before Hugh Laurie got it and I was kind of like I'm not sure if he could have done the grouchiness that Hugh yeah. Laurie does so well I mean Hugh Hugh Laurie was I I really feel like he caught lightning in a bottle because yes even though the cantankerous doctor is obviously a trope that shows up a lot of times in this very movie as a matter of fact yep and. <laughs> Yeah. But it, it was still, you know, to do it the way House does it is is very difficult, you know, because yeah. you have your your John C. McGinley's playing Doctor Cox on Scrubs, who's a very uh, similar character, and then to the uh, point uh, where there's one episode where Doctor Cox becomes House. Yes, very obviously, which makes me laugh. I enjoy yeah. that episode. I yeah. believe the title of that episode was My House. Yes, it was. <laughs> But, um, yeah. And do you know that um, Hugh Laurie actually ended up developing a bit of a limp, an actual limp, from walking with a, with a pretend limp for like eight seasons? I, I did not know that. I did, I, I have noticed, because it has been pointed out to me numerous times, is that Hugh Laurie, when he walks uh, with his cane on house, walks incorrectly. Oh, 
okay. He holds the cane in the wrong hand for which side oh. his limp is supposed to be on. Huh? That's an interesting thing about kind of uh, portraying things like that in the right way. Like, I, I, I think I read somewhere that in terms of Daredevil, Charlie Cox has been actually really praised by the blind community for how he mm. portrays someone who's blind. Like, they don't, yeah. don't make that kind of mistake. Even though, technically mm. speaking, he's not completely blind, but that's a different problem. Right. Uh, but in Daredevil, they do a really good job of, okay, so he can see stuff and people around him, but yeah. he can't read, yeah. you know? So, and that was, a lot of, in the comic books, early Daredevil was like, he could sense the vibrations through the paper so he could read. Yeah, I which heard was that kind somewhere, of, and it's like, what? Yeah, which is which is dumb, and I'm glad that they just, you know, yeah, he has he has better reflexes, and then he can see people and things and hear things that yeah. aren't, you know, that most people couldn't hear, but at the end of the day, I mean, the man is still blind. Yeah. You know, he, he's he's... He can't read. He has to still fold up his money when he puts it in his wallet and all that stuff. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we got massively off topic again. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It happens. As is the hero talk way. We've, yep. we've gotten off topic. Uh, so that's really all I really wanted to bring up about yeah. this movie. I think we, we've kind of talked it to death a little bit, but we hit all of my major talking points. No, Do you I, got, I, you, I, anything no. else? No, I, did, I didn't really have, like, it's, it's just thinking about favorite scenes. Like, I was, I was kind of thinking, there are some Marvel films that, for me, they stick in my mind having a real favorite scene. So, like, the big final fight at the end of Iron Man 3 and stuff like that. Whereas nothing really in this film stuck out to me of, like, when I think Doctor Strange, that's what I think. Yeah, I, I gotta be honest. I was, um, because obviously now is the time in Hero Talk where we talk about what our favorite part of the movie was. And I, I was, I was really trying to, um... To, to rack my brain with what what is my favorite part of this yeah because i mean it was well it was entertaining it's all just kind of it just is all on a plateau for me yeah um, the, the one yeah. bit and it's literally just because it's like one shot is the bit where he's fighting with kikelius in new york and he gets he gets like thrown down the thing and the cape of levitation comes after him and then he comes up and he's like flying up and the music's swelling and it's kind of the really heavy-handed way of saying he's actually Doctor Strange, the superhero now. And it's kind of like when they've reached the point in any of these films where like they've adopted and they have become the character they were always building to. So like the first time you see Captain America in his uniform, the first time you see Iron Man in his suit and like that kind of moment. Yeah. Although to be honest, I think I I saw Captain America as Captain America when he like was in the half motorcycle gear with the helmet yeah, on. Yeah. That's Although te- technically he had his suit already because he was already Captain America. Uh, Captain America is a is is a unique a unique yes. animal all to itself. So, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Like. Yeah. You know, the first time we saw Tony in the in the black or in the uh, the red and gold. I don't exactly. know where black came from, yeah, but... Yeah. You know, because while we've seen him in a couple of suits, and I, I do like that the suit that he built in the cave was a nice throwback to the suit in the comics that he built yes. in the cave. But yeah, this is that's the first kind of proper proper suit you see. Right, yeah, but yeah, the, I mean, at that point, that's when you're really seeing it, like, yeah. especially when he's got the eye on, and he's got the suit on, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's, exactly. that's the guy, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, still, it, it's worth noting that in this whole movie, your favorite part was one scene where he flies up. Yes, and it's, yeah, yeah, that's... That's in and of itself quite telling, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm still struggling to be honest with you. Like I yeah. I walked in this knowing I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna just pick it on the fly. And even now I'm saying I, I don't know. Maybe that part where Wong laughed at the end that was kind of funny. Yeah, that's quite good. Yeah, even though you kind of kind of maybe saw a joke like that coming, given right? Kind of set up the whole yeah. time, but he doesn't have the sense of humor like they do with Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy as well. Mm-hmm. I I will say though, um, and and maybe this should probably stand in is that when when he finally Doctor Strange confronts Dormammu and he sets up and he like yeah. basically he breaks time there yeah. just to set up that infinite loop. 
Yeah. And 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 you see that he's like, I'm just gonna keep killing you, and you'll suffer for eternity. He's like, Yep, but you won't be bothering Earth. Yeah. And the quite nice thing of like, they come up with a f- that you see a few different versions of him dying. So like, there's one where like he starts to kind of fight and defend himself. And you think, oh, maybe something will happen. They just get straight up murdered. There's one where like Dumama just like fires a massive laser or something, and he just gets obliterated. Like, yeah, it's it's sometimes difficult when you're watching anything where they make a whole point of like looping a particular thing. Yeah. I, it made me wonder, though, and I will say this, what would have happened if Dormammu had just decided, instead of killing Doctor Strange, to just say, well, okay then, you just stay here, I'm going to keep invading Earth? Well, no, I think the implication is he, he couldn't. He's a, he's essentially stuck in that single five, thirty seconds or whatever. Okay. So, like, that's kind of the point of it. He's effectively imprisoned. Oh, okay, I got it. All right, imagine, yeah, ima- I can see imagine, that. Eff- yeah. imagine, effectively, he's locked in a room, effectively. So even if he didn't kill him, in yeah. 30 seconds, Doctor Strange is still going to show up again. Exactly. It's, the yeah, bargain. There's no way to break the cycle unless Doctor Strange does so. That was, the that was I think, the implication. So, yeah, the whole point is... He'd stopped Dumon's invasion of Earth. He'd made the sacrifice, but the sacrifice was he would then be stuck in that time loop as well. Yeah, which I mean, when in terms of because a lot of times when when you have a character like Doctor Strange who's still a little bit egotistical and full of himself yeah. and and he needs to do something selfless. Sometimes that thing that's selfless is very very forced and very yeah. It was like it's it. Like you sit there and you think, well, I'm I'm so glad that all of these outside factors align themselves in such a way that you could you could do this thing and yes. and be selfless. But in this case, I just thought like, well, he actually took a huge hit to save yeah. Earth, mm. basically saying, hey, you know what? I will spend the rest of eternity getting killed by you. Yeah. In this thirty second loop, if it keeps you off Earth. Yeah. And also, by the way, kudos on Dormammu for honoring his half of the deal. That, yeah, that is, that is the kind of one thing that kind of stuck with me, that, like, obviously we don't know how many... We only get shown, like, say, five or six loops, so it could have gone on much longer, but it is kind of weird that Dormammu is like, no, 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 fine. Yeah. Like, I don't know if the implication is there that it's been actually going on for, like, thousands of years or whatever, but I don't know. It did feel a bit weird, like, the, yeah, he's fine. Mm-hmm. This, like, massive cosmic entity is just, like, fine. Yeah. But I like to think, given that they showed us a montage, this was at least an extended... It was yeah. it was beyond 30 minutes, you know? It was well, I, I, at I least just, days, if not years, in that loop say, before he finally broke. If, I wonder if that's how they can then explain the kind of time disparity between, obviously, the references to Iron Man 2 all the way up to during Thor Ragnarok at the end. So, if yeah, if we take Iron Man 2, it's what? 2010, 2011, that's at least when the film came out. So they're mm-hmm. about they're about four years behind the kind of current Marvel timeline, four or five years. So I wonder if they'll conveniently go, yeah, that's exactly how long Doctor Strange spent looped with Dormammu, just so they can kind of sort that out. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I had the impression that, like, while he was in that eternity looped with Dormammu, Earth stood still, basically. Yeah, possibly. As, again, like, as we said, they're not very clear on their time rules. Yeah, because yeah. It, when he comes back, he ends up coming back before he left, so... I mean, yeah. even even if Earth didn't stand still, he still he's they they again. It's like Flash. They they don't really care about the time travel unless it concerns yes. them. Yes. So anyway, that was I guess that was my favorite part is that I thought in terms of the use of Chekhov's gun, in terms of uh, yes. a self a selfless act that was actually selfless and wasn't just set up as this convenient. I I, I like how that was done. I mean, it mm. kind of takes away like a huge giant confrontation between them, but it was still yeah. a very smart thing to do, and I liked how it was how it was done. And yes. You know, it made sense given that you know he had the broken watch before, and then he had the time loop. Now it was, yeah, it, it was it, there was a symmetry to it. So yeah, I liked it. Mm, yeah, like I, I get, mean, I get, yeah, I, get I mean, think about it. Broken time, 
was was yeah. he had that broken watch, and so broken time becomes a theme, and and yeah. I liked it. It was very well done. So hmm. I guess I guess that was my favorite part, as yeah. I just realized now as I talked it out with you. Yeah, that can happen. That can happen sometimes. All right. So I guess now we have to give this movie a score. Yep. And before we get there, I just want to take a chance to remind our listeners that review scores are dumb and they don't matter. And you've you've probably already seen Doctor Strange if you've listened to this point in the podcast yeah. anyway. So you know if you like it or not. But we're yep. gonna give it a score. Um, again, scores are highly objective and they don't mean anything, and people put yep. way too much stock in them. So as is such, Nick. What would you score Doctor Strange? I would give it three collar turnips out of five. Oh, the collar turnip. Yeah, yeah. The thing kept wiping his tears, and he's like, stop. Like yeah. I, I just thought, like, way to ruin a great moment, you know, with a little joke. Yeah, and I, and yeah, some people have kind of gone, is that a bit of a Sherlock nod as well? Possibly? Is it? Well, yeah, because um, he in Sherlock he very often turns the collar up on, on his on his long coat. Huh. So yeah, a few well, people I mean, have kind of gone. Doctor Strange does have a very severe collar, so I mean, it's yeah. Anyway, so I've uh, so I, time for my score, and mine's also cloak related. Is I will simply give Doctor Strange the cloak of levitation. Okay, well, you know it, 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 it does what it needs to do when it has to do it, and it was yeah, it basically it was a very functional movie that did what it needed to do when it was called upon. Although it could be very fickle, as is the cloak of levitation. That's fair, and and, and occasionally has some funny moments. Exactly, exactly right. Like so, the, like sorry to jump back a bit, but the bit where like he's trying to reach for the axe. And the cloak is like, no, go over there! <laughs> yeah, the cloak's like, that's not the right tool for the job. Again, yeah. the the cloak, probably flying solo, could have done a better job of fighting off Mads Mikkelsen than... Yeah. I, I'd love if they went back to doing like one of those Marvel one-shots, and it was like, a day in the life of the Cloak of Levitation. Oh, that would be great! Yeah. Oh, man, I'd love to see that. Oh, yeah. I hope they do that. All right. Um, Sorry. Yeah. All right, so now it's time for final thoughts. This is a soapbox where yep. we can talk about whatever we want. And, uh, Nick, you might have some stuff you want to plug. I don't know. Yeah, no, well, I'll, 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 before I go into horrible pluggy corporate mode, if you're giving me a soapbox, I want to fly the flag because this is Marvel-related. Go watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., people, okay? I admit, first half season one, kind of bad. A lot of just Monster of the Week stuff. But with four seasons in, it's just got renewed for a full fifth season, and there was a bit of a question mark over that. It's got really, really, really good. Genuinely, I recommend it. I just, yeah. Because a lot of people have kind of gone, oh, it was kind of not good. Yeah, it's... I. I'm I'm one of those people. Yeah. I, I saw the first half of season two of season one and I say like, eh, I'm just not getting this. At the very least, watch the rest of season one because you get a lot of Bill Paxton. Oh, Bill Paxton. Yep. Oh. He's he's the major villain in like the second half of season one. Uh, maybe I didn't watch. I mean, it was just I just it was so hard to watch to be honest. Uh, to be yeah, even I will consider like if I went back and watched the first uh, first half of season one, anything pre Winter Soldier, I think even I would go. Nah. But yeah. I'm so I I enjoy the characters that they've made so much, and I think they're so they're so there's so much depth to them. Like a lot of people have said. Oh, um, Mike's Daredevil is such a deeply made character, he could easily slot into the movie universe, ignoring the kind of difficulties with that. I think that's the same with with uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters. Like, to this day, it really pisses me off that in uh, Age of Ultron, the scene where the helicarrier comes up, I was so hoping that was going to be staffed by, if not Coulson himself, Coulson's team 
which would make a lot of sense because they go on to explain in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that Coulson is the one that gets that helicarrier there. But I was kind of like, it, it was the perfect opportunity. But no, just, yeah, so that is oh, my thing. And okay. I'm now gonna, I'm gonna be horribly, horrible and corporate now. Uh, yes, as <laughs> Greg, in, uh, suggest, said at the beginning, I do a podcast called Games Without Borders. I kind of do it as and when at the moment because I'm very busy. Um, but as, yeah, as Greg mentioned, the last few episodes, uh, have been me and him chatting about games, about films, kind of a lot like this podcast in a way. But yes, yeah, so that, that's always good fun. You can find us there. Um, if you want to listen to just one episode, I would recommend listening to episode 24 because the thing I basically do the equivalent of the Greg and, uh, Rachel McAdams thing with my guest where I just lose any sense of professionalism whatsoever. So thoroughly yeah. recommend that. You definitely fanboyed a lot in that episode. Oh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't go back and listen to it now. <laughs> just no. It was it was, it was it it was funny to listen to because you know I know you, and so yeah. <laughs> it just just it could, because you know if, if you didn't know you, you wouldn't you wouldn't really be able to recognize it as much. You would yeah. You just wonder like, is this guy just a weird interviewer or what's going on? Yeah. But no, you were just fanboying the entire time. Exactly. I yeah. I, I like to think that in most cases I'm a relatively kind of professional and reserved yeah. kind of guy. And so yeah, like you say, it's just yeah. That was that mm-hmm. was a fun afternoon. Uh, I also do uh, some also do some writing about mm-hmm. uh, video games and a few other topics. I'm hoping to pick that stuff back up over the summer. So you can find, uh, if you want my games writing, you can find that at nickpjenkins25.wordpress.com. Oh, I should say, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at GWBpod. You can email us at uh, GWBpodcast at gmail.com. And if you uh, want any of those details, if you go to enthusiasts.com and click on the Doctor Strange Hero Talk, I will have all of Nick's information in the show notes for you to follow. Okie dokie, thank you very much. No problem there. All right, so I think that brings us to a close. Nick, thank you very much for coming on Hero Talk. No, I, it's, it's, I, I'm so happy. It's something that's kind of been in the in, on the back burner for a while. We're try, trying to sort it out, and I'm really happy to have made my debut. Oh, it's it's great to have you. You are welcome back anytime. I would definitely love to, and I think it'd be it'd be interesting if we can do it to get get me involved with some of the other Hero Talk lot. Uh, I, th- uh, I think I think the the, the enthusiasts at large would love to to have more of you on. You yeah. you integrate perfectly into this format. Yeah, and even if I had to stay up at like midnight my time, I'd, I'd, I'd find a way. <laughs> we we will help find a way, but yeah, yeah I don't know anyway. if I'm going to be able to sell these early morning recording sessions to the other guys. Yeah, yeah. If you hadn't worked this out, me and Greg are kind of in different places, and it's very early for Greg at the moment. Yeah. Although not super early right now, though. Yeah, it was, when true. we started, it was kind of early. I mean, even then, it was not too terrible. Anyway, yeah. uh, so thank you very much for joining us. That's that's fine. My pleasure. All right. So if you want to hear many more Hero Talks or my sister podcast, you can check out Enthusiacs.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for Enthusiacs. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. Uh, we were on TuneIn. And we are on Google Play. All of those sources to listen to more podcasts. And until next time, this is Judge Greg saying, try me, Beyonce. Beyonce.